Hello and welcome back to another episode of the WNL Show. Aaron Clark here in the hot seat once again. And coming up over the next 55 minutes or so, coming up over the next 55 minutes or so, we'll be joined by Bohemians midfielder Sophie Waters, who'll discuss her return to the Women's National League after several years away. She will talk all things Boas, her goal at the weekend, and much, much more. We'll also be joined by Carlo Kilkenny head coach Gemma Murphy, who stops by to talk her side's first year in the under-17s league, as well as talking about her coaching background. Murphy reflects on Ireland's 3-0 loss against Germany on Saturday. Also stopping by to reflect on the weekend's cup games, we'll speak to Boas assistant manager Pat Trahi, as well as Athlone Town's Tommy Hewitt, after they gave us their initial reaction after their side's game. I'm delighted to say okay. we're, joined, we're joined at this time by Bohemians midfielder Sophie Waters. Sophie, thanks for coming along to speak to us, Stephen. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I guess we can only really start with one place and one place only. Saturday evening, you sort of took the internet by a little bit of storm with a wonderful <laughs> strike in Athlone. Talk to me a little bit about it. Yeah, I know. Delighted. Didn't really care who scored, to be honest, once we got the win. It's a long time coming, so just kind of happy that I went in and, and we the, got the win at the end of the day. And when the ball fell to your feet, what were you thinking? Um, I didn't have much time to think. I just kind of looked up and then just took a shot. And then, thankfully, just it went in. We seen last week, last week we seen Karen Duggan have a score, a peach of a goal. We seen Saoirse Newland score another one. And there we are again, 35 yards out. You look as though you're, you're nearly falling down when you hit it and just looped over, looped over Neve Coombe's head into the top corner. It was a strike to behold. And all I can say is, thanks to Rose Derby, who, who managed to catch the goal on, on her phone so we could actually get the video out. We didn't have to wait until the cameras come out on Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, because the game actually wasn't recorded because it was a cup game. So it was just by chance that she was recording that bit of the game. So yeah, it was just luck, I think. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about the game. Your first star for Bowes in a couple of games. You picked up a niggle against Shelburne. Good to get back into the starting lineup after coming off the bench last week? So, yeah, I just hurt my knee again in the Shelburne game. And I was out for, I think, three games. And then came on for the last 20 minutes against DLR. And then I was delighted to be back in the starting 11 against Atlone and yeah, have an impact game as well. Yeah, absolutely. A, a, an impact. You had a major impact in Saturday night's game. I think you're you're sort of selling yourself a little bit here, considering the the quality of the goal. But like even to have to play for ninety minutes and then play twenty minutes extra time, that sort of minute will stand you quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, extra time was good. The ten minutes each half the flew in. Then was the penalties and. We were just then lucky. It could have went either way in the penalty shootout, so we were just lucky in that sense. What goes through your mind when you're standing on the centre? Cir- you're standing in the centre circle when you're watching your teammates take the penalties. No, I'd faint in the ones that stepped up. I'd faint that they were going to score, but then again, it's a penalty, so it can go either way. Luckily, then we just come out on top. Some juvia ce- celebrations after you can see how much it meant to you, all. Yeah, and no, we were delighted. It was a long time coming as well, just to get a win as a team, and then as well to get through to the quarterfinal of the cup. It was huge for the team and for the club as well. So we were all delighted. Yeah. You've Cork in the quarterfinals. Like even you would have you would have watched them on your side play Cork the last time and you lost four yeah. three. You know, maybe didn't have to start the game you wanted. Cork Cork were good in the first half that day, but then you sort of brought it built into it. And I think it's probably been a it's been a big building and learning curve for a lot of these players. How have you found the whole experience with Buzz? Yeah, no, it's really good. I think you can see every week that individuals and as a team getting better every single week, which is good. And we're probably only getting into ourselves now and even as a team getting into it all together now, which is good. So hopefully we can just keep pushing on then and get a few more wins under the belt before the end of the season. I read something about you today that when you tore your ACL, I actually only realised this recently speaking to Pat Rehi, that you didn't play for nearly two oh. years. It's a long way to come back. Yeah, I was, out, yeah I was nearly out for two years. I played two Three college games, they were all spread out. They were three or four weeks apart. But other than that, I haven't been playing. I was just in the gym or doing my own runs and that. But 
yeah, nearly two years. So I'm just happy to be back on the pitch. <laughs> what got you back? I know Patra, he speaks so highly of you. He's, he's, he's somebody he's always, every time I speak to him, he said he's always about protecting you. He speaks so highly of you. He's always talking about, how did you, how did, how did balls come about for you? It was actually yesterday, Pat, because I was thinking of coming back and then I didn't really know where to go, where, where to start looking for where to go or where would be the best team for me to try and get back into it. And then Pat rang me and to come to Bowes and I just thought it was a good opportunity and Pat's really good. Sean's really good. Dell's in there and Dave, strength edition coach, they're all really good. So I was delighted to be on board. Then. And obviously you come in, you are, you come in when they when they get permit when they get the permission to come into the league, they've only a couple of days to, to sign players and then all of a sudden the week the, the week the league is due to kick off, COVID COVID comes in. That must have been a, a big bummer for you, especially considering you were probably itching to go at that stage. Yeah, no, I felt like I was never going to get back then. Just then I was ready to go back and then that happened. But then everyone was on the same boat and we were doing our own training as well. We were doing Zoom classes with Dave twice a week. The girls were doing her own stuff as well on Zoom and, and the group chat and that. So we did stay together and it probably actually gave us more time to get a little bit fitter than we probably were and to gel more as a team, which actually probably worked in our favour nearly. Give us an extra couple of weeks to get into it and prepare a little bit better. You'd be classed as one of the more senior players in that dressing room, even despite you being so young. That must be a difference because when you were at Shelbourne, you were, you were one of the babies nearly. Yeah, I was young at Shelbourne and then... <laughs> So quite young, but then there's a lot of younger girls than me. So it's nice as well to be able to help them out as much as I can. And they're all really good, full of potential as well. So it's nice to see them coming on too. And how have you, how have you found that sort of, because you look, you look at uh, Bowes, you've got yourself, Shauna, Neve, Kenna, Sinead, then the rest of them are sort of really young. How have you found that sort of more of a, been the experienced one for you? Because sometimes you may have to put an arm around the shoulder around the one of the 16, 17 year olds who maybe things aren't going right. How's that been for you? Yeah, no, it was good. I do think they all stepped up really well and stood up to the challenge and they are getting, everyone's getting better every week so I couldn't ask for any more of them. The management would say the same. I think they really stepped up and hopefully then they'll keep progressing. Obviously, with the season goes on, like I've, I've, I had the chance last week to come and watch his train and you can notice even there obviously Rebecca Craig's come in recently the training sessions seem to be stepping up week on week intensity wise you're sort of getting you're, you're rising the bar the more the more close you come to say the first win a couple of weeks ago when you lose 4-3 then you get the draw against the other wives the intensity of the sessions then just seems to rise up and I assume something similar is going to happen again obviously with getting the result of the weekend yeah no it's really good I think it was when we felt like it was coming and was close it was 2-1 against 3 and then the court 4-3 and then draw against DLR then the win against that loan so hopefully we can win again now against Cork start of the week and push on to the semi-final of the cup yeah absolutely in terms of the momentum you've built in the last two weeks with the draw and the win is it maybe a little bit disappointing that you don't play this weekend or is it a case of maybe just the rest of bodies because you've had a lot of emotion come out last week? Yeah, no, it's nice to keep going when you're kind of on a good run, but there's nothing really we can do about it. So we just have to keep training and keep ourselves sticking over and be ready for next, the following week, sorry. Just a little, a little bit in terms of obviously having no fans at games. The likes of your parents wouldn't get to watch it much at this stage. I'm sure. I'm sure being one of the younger, the younger ones in the, in the years gone by, your parents, like a lot of pe- people who you would have played with, the likes of your even your Alex Cabin and stuff like that. I'm sure your parents would have, would be are probably itching to get to watch it live as well, Eddie. Yeah, no, I think they only got to one game, Galway game, which was disappointing for them as well. I think, but the live streams were good. 
they could kind of the updates were good as well on Twitter and that kind of keep updated, which was good. We probably didn't have it as good beforehand in the last couple of years. How do you find the standard in the league compared to where you were in a couple of years ago when you last played? Yeah, no, I think it improved. There's not as much of a difference now between all the teams in the league. Everyone's kind of challenging for the three points each week, week in, week out, which is great to see as well. A little bit in terms of the league phase, the league phase itself. It's a slightly different league this year with the split in the league. Yeah. There's, there's less games to play, but you'll probably end up playing more games the way things look now at the moment in the bottom four section of the league. So you play teams in and around you. So like you look at last weekend, there wasn't a lot in the game between yourselves and Athlone. That's probably something that is good for you in, in the sense that you're going to be playing teams who are in and around you. So every game is going to be ultra competitive. Exactly. So you're always going to be playing in them games and it's just really good. Even the competition and training as well. It's really good. We have a big squad now. So on everyone's kind of lifting the standard and then taking that into the games. It's probably the same in every squad. Every team wants to win. So, yeah, no, it's good. Competitiveness is good. You're up and down the country travelling. How do you find that? Yeah, it's time-consuming. I don't mind it, really. I don't mind it once. You're doing it when you're doing it for something you love, you don't really mind doing it. So it has to be done, I suppose. I want to touch on the ACL a little bit. I didn't realise at that stage that you were playing with Crusaders in the North. That yeah. when that happened, how did you do, how did you do the injury? It was just a tackle. It was a cup game against Porter Down, and it was just a tackle. A girl just came in behind me, and just like her knee went in, kind of into the back of my knee, and just whatever way it just it just went. Then and then I fell awkwardly on it, and then she came down on top of me. So I I knew at that stage I heard it, it was I think it cracked three times. So I kind of knew when I was down, I, I knew it was something serious. Absolutely, like it's it's a it's a tough one to do. Like we see it, the air the air on the rise, unfortunately, in football at the moment. But even when you come back this season, did that take a bit of maybe your confidence that you're always worried about maybe doing it again well it was a long process the rehab it was I think it's 12 months I got it done in Santry so I was going up and down getting the check all the tests and so I passed all them so the strength was up and it was fully healed so I think there was just as much chance of it happening to me as it was to anyone else that kind of put my mind at ease like we see we see even the last couple of games you've had the knee strapped up after you took the knock against against Shelburne did you have a bit of fear maybe that that was going again there yeah I did I heard it pop again I didn't know what it was and straight away I thought, oh God. But thankfully it wasn't. I got the MRI and it was just my cartilage and a bit of bruising to the bone. So thank God I was only out for three weeks. Considering what it could have been, it wasn't the worst in the world. In terms of the Sophie Waters that we've seen the last time to now, like the last time when you were younger, you still you showed a lot of glimpses where now you're, you're a little bit older, you're, you're, more, you're a little bit more experienced. How much do you reckon we've still seen of your actual ability on the pitch at the moment? Yeah, no, not yet. I didn't feel like I pressed myself to the best I could, even this season. I was only getting into it and then I, I was out again for the three games. So hopefully now I'll get into it again and be good to, for the rest of the season then and hopefully be able to show a bit more. Is it just you want a little bit of a consistent run of games now just to really get your confidence back and get shown? Because... No, there's no doubt you have shown glimpses of what you're capable of in this in these games, whether it be going forward or playing the ball around the field. So it's just a matter you want to just get some games because that's probably the main thing that you need now. Because you said earlier with college that you might have played a couple of games with a couple of weeks apart. It's been mm. a long time since you probably had a run of games. Yeah, no, I'd like a good run of games just to see, just even to test myself to see how I get on. I think I was only back a couple of months after I broke my ankle playing Ireland. I was only back, I think, five, six months and then my ACL happened. So I didn't really have a good run again since then. That's going back three, four years. So hopefully now, back now, hopefully I get a good run. Absolutely. A couple of things I just want to touch on before we do finish. You have a couple yeah. of familiar faces at Bowes this year. 
Rebecca Cray, you would have played a little bit with Sinead O'Farley and Shauna Newman as well, which yeah. were some very familiar faces to be back playing as well. A lot of experience they bring to the game. Yeah, no, they're all great players and it's good to have them in as well with their experience. Rebecca was actually the one that set me up on Saturday. She was only on and she set me up, so it's always a good start for her as well to get an assist, which was good. She had an impact, on, a huge impact on the game as well. And yeah, so that's really good. Chloe Flynn's back as well. I played with her underage. She was in America for four years, so she's solid there in the centre half as well. Lots of players you would have, you would have played with before, but like, you just look at even just take example some of the other players who maybe haven't been injured the likes of Sinead and, and Shauna who are coming back into the side after having a, a long spell out of football and even yeah. Rebecca's there so you're all sort of getting up to the pace together you know you're sort of all working together to get back to your best form that must be a bit encouraging as well that you have people that who've had long breaks as well beside you that are maybe pushing each other yeah definitely we're all pushing each other and Shauna came in a bit later but she didn't take her long to settle in at all which was great she's, she started on Saturday as well you had a huge impact on the game and the same with Sinead it didn't take her long to get back into it either so yeah it's all going good Absolutely, um, Sophie. I won't keep you much. I won't keep you much longer. I do appreciate you for coming on, and having a chat with us today, and obviously we do look forward to catching it again soon. And hopefully we'll be able to. Even if the parents can't come, we'll be able to show some more live games for them, and they get the chance to watch them again. Yeah. No. Thanks very much for having me. It's just great to see Sophie back in the league. I remember on Saturday, as soon as she got the ball at her feet, thinking she's going to strike this here. It was a tough cup game. Both sides really left it all on the pitch and I probably the draw after 110 minutes is probably a fair result and then obviously with penalties, anything can be a, can be a bit of a lottery. A word on the weekend's results before we speak to Gemma Murphy. In the FAI Cup preliminary round, obviously it was Athlone Town 1, Bohemians 1, Bowes won 4-2 on penalties. Kelly Brennan with the goal for Athlone and Sophie Waters got the Bowes goal. In the rearranged league, league game between Cork City and DLR Waves, Cork made a four wins from four with a 2-1 victory against Waves. Becky Casson and Laura Shine with the goals for the hosts. And Oleta Griffin got the goal for Waves. Two under-17s games also played at the weekend. Sligo Rovers 0, Piedmont United 3. Also in Group 1, Shamrock Rovers 8 at Longtown 2. I'm delighted to be joined at this time by Carlo Kilkenny under-17s manager, Gemma Murphy. Gemma, thanks for coming along to speak to us today. No problem, Aaron. Delighted to be here. This is the first year that Carlo Kilkenny are in the league. It's a new management team. It's a new club. Talk to me a little bit about the club itself, how you got involved with the club and a little bit about your background in football. The club is a relatively new club on the boys' anger outside of it, really. They started with under-15s in 2018, I want to say. I'll probably be shot now if that's wrong, but we'll go to 2018. They started with the under-15s boys. They progressed then to 15s and 17s boys. And then last year, I was doing my C licence in Wexford and the under-17s boys were in and we were using them for like our assessments and stuff like that. And Mark Ross, who was the head coach at the time and the club's director of football, was in with them. And I just got chatting to Mark on the C licence and he asked me if I'd be interested in coming in and doing a bit with the lads and... Obviously, I jumped at the opportunity and it's kind of just gone from there. Look, you At this stage, you probably wouldn't have had any understanding that Kilkenny Carlo were going to have even under 17 girls team this year. I was involved with the Carlo Gainers and I've been kind of in and out of meetings like with the Carlo League and like pushing for development of a girls league in Carlo itself. So we kind of had touched like a little bit on the possibility of a Carlo Kilkenny under 17 girls team. To, for the gainer girls to progress on to but like I had no idea of the time frame so I knew there was one kind of being talked about but I didn't know like if it was going to be next year or in four years or what the plan was. And just a little bit before we actually get into talking about coming into the league and you getting that that role give me a little bit more about your background in coaching Are you, have you have, what level did you play the game and when did you go into coaching? I never really played at any kind of 
high level like you know I played a couple of Angela Hurst like with the Angela Hurst team for the Kildare League once or twice but that that's about it I kind of stopped playing when I was about 16 for a few years because I got injured and I was out for I just I didn't really get it looked after properly like you know and I got into coaching with my local like my home team so I kind of stepped in with like the under nines the under tens like and we pushed to get a couple of girls teams going and I kind of just fell in love with it from there. And after that, I wasn't really as interested in playing as I was coaching. And I kind of enjoyed that aspect of it more. So I went down the route of, you know, kickstart, kickstart one, kickstart two, like the workshops, all of that kind of stuff. And was working my way up and kind of throwing my hat in wherever, like needed a hand, like at home. In the home club I was with, like I helped the women's team, I helped the under 15s boys and I was with academies the whole way up, like under 12s, 13s and just kind of pushing for girls like and trying to get girls playing soccer. I really, really, you fell, in, you fell into it and it's, you're just embracing it now. In terms of coaching qualifications, are you still at the C level or are you, have you progressed on past that? So I was on this year's email only B licence, so we, we should have had that finished by now but with everything that went on we're still just kind of waiting for the assessments. And how was that for you? That, that's, that's an interesting one. The fact that there's some Irish internationals as well on that. You were rubbing shoulders with some people who are playing at a high level as well. Yeah, like I think Katie McCabe and Rowisha Littlejohn were in for the first block. There was none of them in for the second block. And I think they were all meant to be in then for the final block. They'd been tipping away. Like I think Nyla Regan was going over to them and they were meeting up and doing their bits and pieces in England. Like because all of the girls would have been based. I think it was Arsenal, City and... West Ham girls were playing with so he was going over to them and they were getting it sorted over there. The the B license now was the first female only course I've ever been on so it was like I didn't really know what to expect going into it but completely different like I've never really been uncomfortable being on the courses with, with men like so kind of hearing the girls talking about how they felt and all it was kind of a big eye opener. I don't know like it was just never something that I found from being in football as long as I have been like I always played with boys when I was younger so just in being the only girl there never really phased me. So it was just kind of it was different good to see like a different environment and like I've been on courses with girls that wouldn't really engage as much and then kind of seeing the other side of that how the girls do engage and they do do put themselves forward like it's nice to see that that environment is there now. Does having that sort of coaching course I know I know everybody says you can't just do that permanently all the time but does having that sort of coaching course it encourages more females who as you say are a bit nervous to come out and actually get involved and, and take the course like fair play to the FAI and I know your wife have backed this initiative that you know they're making these sort of trying to make these sort of courses free for the females as well to encourage them. I think like speaking to a lot of the girls on the course like some of them would said they never would have seen themselves doing a B license and that the fact that it was a female only kind of gave them like the kick that they needed to go and get into it and a lot of them have said after that like you know if they were to go on and do an A license after this that they'd feel comfortable doing it in like a mainstream A license course like with men, with men and women like so giving them the confidence and giving them the platform to actually get up and put themselves out there and see like there's no reason to be afraid there's no reason to feel uncomfortable just like having that step there once off kind of gives them the push to go further then I think and obviously when you get this course finished you'll be looking to, to keep keep progressing up the, up the ladder but just talk to me a little bit about when the Carlo Kenny job come up at 17th for the, for the girls was it something you were expecting or was it something that maybe you weren't necessarily expecting but you were delighted to be asked so I knew the, the, the job was coming up from kind of halfway through the season with the 17 boys. Like it was being talked about. We knew that the girls were coming in. It was being pushed for this year. And I was just happy to be invo- in, involved with it. 
like I've chatted to like my assistant now this year Fran he was involved with the Kilkenny Gainer girls so like me and him would have been kind of chatting leading up to it about getting girls in and just kind of bringing them in and introducing them to each other like and just seeing how they got on and giving them like kind of a taste to the coaching sessions that they were going to get so I knew like the club originally they were looking at a few different people like obviously they wanted someone more experienced than me because I don't have the experience at that level that a lot of the other coaches would have. I would have been delighted to go in underneath someone else and have a year or two kind of learning. But they wanted a female coach. They wanted to start off the first year with a female and with the girls with a female coach. And it would, it's hard to kind of come by sometimes, I think, trying to find the right fit and who can have the time to spare. Like in a lot of the girls that they were looking at weren't really based in Carlo or Kilkenny. And it was a lot traveling wise and stuff. So coming near the season, I was asked and I was delighted to accept. Because I know Mark Ross, when I spoke to him at the start of the season, he sort of said that he was adamant that he wanted you there. He he saw, he's, he's seen something in you. Like, that's a nice prize to get that someone has pushed hard for you to get into that role. Yeah, no, I, I listened to the interview with Mark, like, and obviously I have great time for Mark and he he's the main reason that I am where I am now. But when I was listening to the interview, I wasn't expecting him to hear hear any even mention me, never mind say what he said, like, and it was it was it was great to hear like as with any new team, the opportunity is it's 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 sort of tough to get players. How did you go about getting the players this year? Was it all trial based or was it from players you've watched in previous years in terms of, as you say, with Gainer Cup squads? So, like, I've been involved with the Carlo Gainer girls for a couple of years. Anne, who my assistant, has been involved in the Kilkenny Gainer for a long time. So, it's just, I knew girls in Carlo, Fran knew girls in Kilkenny, and we put the word out, like, we knew the parents, put the word out to get them in for trials. And then we just advertised trials. So, we originally thought, like, with the competition around us, like, Wexford are so close that it'd just be Carlo and Kilkenny girls that we got in. But we got, like, girls from Port Leash, we got girls from Kildare, we got girls from Waterford as well. So we had kind of, like, we'd go through girls from Wexford come in as well. We had a, a big enough drawing in at the start. Like, our first session, we had nearly 40 girls up, at, and we, we definitely weren't expecting that in the beginning. So it went on then. We had started with, like, open training sessions, but with the numbers, we knew that we'd have to bring it into trials then. That's a nice compliment to get in terms of having players from such a different catchment area. Because you look at even where you are, obviously with Carlo being so close to some of the other counties around, Kilkenny something similar. Like it's, it is a great area and probably something in terms of the national league that maybe hasn't been tapped in as much as possible. Like we see when Kilkenny were in the league, it was more a lot of Dublin-based players. There wasn't many as many local players. Whereas having a lot of local and building a building a culture based on local and and the, and the surrounding counties is probably one of the most important things. Yeah, definitely. Like over the last couple of years, like with the Carlo and the Gainers, like the Carlo and Kilkenny Gainers, they've done really, really well. Like Kilkenny won it two years ago. They won either the Shield or the Plate last year. Carlo won either the Shield or the Plate, whichever one Kilkenny didn't win. So they've been doing well at the Gainer. And it's just then that all those local girls then have to travel if they want to play at the next level. Like the closest team to Carlo would be Wexford. And that's still an hour away. Like, so it's given them somewhere local to play at that same level. How does it work in terms of obviously your Carlo Carlo Kilkenny? So training wise, playing wise, do you train in one county, playing the other, or how does it work? Um, well, we've got like the Kilkenny League have a pitch in Kilkenny that they give us use of, and we use that for matches. So the boys and us will will use that for our home games. But it's grass. It's a grass pitch. It's just the one pitch and there's no light. We were kind of using the grass pitch in Kilkenny while the weather was there and while the light was there. So we had two training sessions a week in Kilkenny for kind of the start. And now that 
the weather's not there, the light is gone. We've moved to all weather pitches in Carlo. We did kind of half a season in Kilkenny, half a season in Carlo. It's, a, it's always it's always interesting trying to keep a dynamic because obviously when you have a team like this, you want to keep, say, the Carlo League and the Kilkenny League both on, on board. How How's it been dealing with the likes of them? Obviously, because they're two different, two different regions in terms of leagues. You know, you need to oh, get no, everybody like to the, row in. The, the leagues have been absolutely brilliant Like because the two leagues came together and pushed it like it, it was our committee at the moment in the club is based is made up of people from the Carlo League committee and people from the Kenny League committee so it was kind of a joint effort from the two leagues to come together and just make sure this happened they both wanted the same thing and you know it's not a realistic outcome for a small league like Carlo or a small league like Kenny to do it on their own but coming together it just made it it made it possible that's always that's always a positive having having the two leagues together. But in terms of as you say, I mean, as you whittle your squad down, obviously you're starting to get these players with the different characters. What's the main the main difference you've sort of noticed this year with training the being a manager of the under seventeens girls compared to say a coach of the under under seventeens boys? Because it's two obviously it's two two completely different genders, so there's different traits and everything. How have you how what's the differences and how have you found it? I think the main difference that I found is with the lads last year, they understand the level of commitment more than the girls, I think. Like with lads, when they come in, they see under 17s National League as a pathway to get to 19s, to get to seniors. And then hopefully, obviously most of them are looking to make a career for themselves in football, like go to England or whatever and be playing football professionally. Whereas with girls, that kind of vision isn't necessarily there at that age because there's not really as much of like a pathway. Like if you're really good at this level, you'll go to the next level because the gap that's there after 17s to women's, a lot of the players that do well at 17s are lost then and you don't see them. They might come back at women's, but then that's like four or five years maybe where they're not getting sufficient training to perform at that level. So they might not have like the, the say a career prospect in football going forward. So trying to, show them the level of commitment that's required I don't think they they see it in the same light that the boys do like I'm sure you probably listened to, to her interview with Saoirse Noonan last week where she said her, her her younger sister had to go and play senior football for Douglas Hall because there's no gap between 17s and senior like that's something that I've had parents contact me in the last week you probably seen on social media last week when I put the the tweet out I had parents contact me and ask them, have we heard anything else regarding a potential 19s I'm not saying that it has to be a 19s level but there needs to be some sort of gap between that because, as you say there, senior football, you're only going to get the, the elites. You're going to get the likes of your LMLIs, your Della Doherty, your P-Mounts, you know, the Jessus, the Izzy Atkinsons who come into the Shelburne side at 16. You're not going to get... Everybody's not going to be ready at that stage. No, like, if you look around at the league, like, not every under-17s league team even has a women's team because... Like ourselves and Greystone say, if we wanted a women's team, that means when we go into the Women's National League, we're going to end up bringing in a women's team with the players that are spilling over from the 17s. And when you try and do that, like it ends up putting you in a position where physically the girls just aren't up to the standard that they need to be because they're like 17 year old girls, like some of them haven't, they haven't fully developed yet. They're not strong enough to compete against women, you know? And then going up against like your Wexford Youth, your P-Mounts, who have like a team, like a core set of girls that have been part of those teams for years. Like trying to compete with that with teenagers, is, it's, it's not going to work and it's not going to be feasible. You need something to build them up so that there is a proper pathway 
that 17s like you know they're coming in they're learning how it works at this level they're not necessarily 100% clued in to exactly what's needed commitment wise and even like looking after themselves outside of like you know you try and teach the girls about nutrition recovery all of that but it's their first time in an environment like this and it takes a while to adjust so by the time they get into 19s they've had two years of an adjustment period and then they can start competing properly they start looking after themselves properly and be classified as more of a kind of elite athlete when they have the mindset and they have the knowledge behind them to do all of that so i think definitely going into a women's national league at 17 years of age is hard again unless you're the elements of the world that have just got that natural ability and natural athleticism that you can switch it off straight away and get stuck in with the women look no look i, I agree with you but i'm sort of i sort of put out the thing last week to say under 19s some people have come back and said potentially not under 19s even if it's slightly higher, but like there needs to be, just, there needs to be some sort of sub- subsidiary there because at the moment you look at, you just look at the players that we're going to lose. Like this under 17s league, it's in its third year. So obviously you're looking at the first set, you might've got half of them maybe were still under 17s the second year. After the second year, you're looking at a, a massive chunk of them gone. And, they're only going to go to either other sports. And most, I'd say 60, 70% of them probably don't play sports or don't play anything after after that level because there isn't even the opportunity. And like we've seen just based in Dublin, you look at Dublin, that new Women's Eastern Premier League has started up this year. You'll see some of them might, might trickle into there, but a lot of them will be like, if they're not playing at the highest level, they don't want to play. And it's I, maybe it's a mindset thing as well, but it's sort of a gap that we need to bridge. I think sooner rather than later, because as you say there, you wouldn't want a Carlo Kilkenny team coming into the into the Women's National League after a year because they're not ready. Absolutely, they're not ready. Whereas maybe if you had a couple of years at 19s, you're, you're building that subsidy. If there's something else comes along, maybe a 23s league then, and then you take the step up because the worst thing you want is it could shatter a player if you make a step up now and a player's not ready. You know, we've seen it in, in international football where certain players at young ages make their debut and then they don't. They haven't been seen again. I'll give you a prime example. Amy Boyle Carr started against Holland at home. Hasn't been in an Ireland squad since. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Because even like you know yourself, girls at that age are more likely to drop out of sports than boys are anyway. And you know it's a big thing like with girls about how they look, how they feel, everything like that. It all have a negative impact on their choice to play sport if it's not going the right way for them. So by stepping up and putting yourself into a situation where you can make a show of yourself to some extent, you're not going to want to do it. You're not going to want to put yourself in that position. It's hard like to go out like, you know, and just be be demoralised if you're getting hammered left, right and centre, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, totally, I totally agree with you. But like you look at even even in the National League at the moment, like you look at Lone, very young sides, there were a lot of young young players there. Bowers, a lot of young players as well. Treat United, a lot of young players as well. Like, especially when you look at that, you, as you said earlier, like the Wexfords, you're looking at your Kylie Murphy's, your Adele Kennedy's, Kira Rossiter's, Nicholas Sinnott's. There's experience all over the park. Whereas to put it to put a young girl in against that if they're not ready, it's it's one of the hardest things to do. And especially if we want to keep if we want to keep them, but just looking. Just looking a little bit at, at your Carlo Kilkenny side, you've had three games this season. The results haven't gone your way. It's obviously a learning process. How much do you say your team have probably developed from the first game of the season to maybe where they are now? The last two weeks, so even the space between Galway and the Limerick game has been a huge step for us. So we went up, like our preseason, I think we had a, a relatively decent preseason. 
And even just from speaking to the girls, they taught themselves that they got a bit complacent after preseason. They went into our first game and they thought, oh, we had a great preseason. We're going to be fine. And then it didn't go their way. And then after that, they were all kind of shocked after the first game and into the second game. We did a lot of work and they felt confident going into the second game. And again, it didn't, it didn't work for us. So we made some changes, went into the Limerick game, wasn't going our way again. We made some more changes at halftime and the changes we made at halftime that we had discussed in the dressing room. So between ourselves, the coaches and the girls, like they had the input as well. And we switched it up between what we all thought was best. We went for it and it worked. And even after just the second half performance in the Limerick game compared to the first half performance, sorry, in the treaty game, I'll be in trouble for saying that as well. Completely different. It was like a completely different team. Just from a few little tweaks and a few little positional changes, I've learned from that. They've learned from that. And we've been working on stuff like that for the last two nights in training. And they're happier and they feel like they've learned something from it as well. So we, we came off the pitch in Limerick and we, we lost. Like, but they left the pitch happy after the second half because they could see the improvements they made. It's about finding a happy medium, especially with a new team. A lot of them are coming together for the first time. Maybe the COVID break probably, would that have been a hindrance or would it give you more time to actually settle your squad together? It's hard to know. We were actually, like ourselves and the girls, we were we did a team bonding session yesterday and we talked about this. Some of the girls think that the, the COVID probably helped them and some of them think it didn't. I personally think that the break didn't do us any favours. We kind of had hit a momentum. We were getting good intensities as a training. I think the ball was kind of rolling in the right direction and we were looking good going going into the start of the season. And then just with different things that happened over over the, the lockdown, like, you know, girls obviously weren't as sharp when they came back in. Some girls kept to the fitness stuff more than others did. So some girls were, were, were fitter than others and trying to get a balance then between everyone else because you can't go in and base a session based around your fittest player and you can't go in and base a session based around your least fittest player because someone's, someone's losing out there, you know. So trying to, to ease them all back in, like it took it took a good chunk of time trying to ease everyone back in and make sure no one was getting hurt, no one was getting injured, that we we lost a lot of the momentum that we had. So I think definitely it didn't help us. And then with the Kildare lockdown, Kildare Leach and Offaly, like we were lost a good chunk of girls there as well. So we were kind of back to square one for the first two weeks before the league kicked off as well. It's it's quite interesting that you just mentioned that Kildare Leach and Offaly lockdown because it's funny that the lockdown now that's happening, the, well, the, the Dublin go to stage three at the moment, that elite sport, and that includes under 17s league, is still able to continue. Like It's it's something that we're probably going to have to live with for the, for the next year or so. But in terms of the actual teams itself, you say there that players have a lot of input. As a coach, how, would you, how do you deal with that sort of thing in terms of players? Is it an open discussion or in terms of if you're talking tactics, a player says something, how do you approach that the year? openly listen to the suggestion and then discuss it amongst the group or how, how do you deal with things like that? Yeah so it's happened a couple of times like so we were originally playing a 3-5-2 and it took a couple of weeks for one of the girls to point out that they didn't think it was working told us why they didn't think it was working and we opened it to a discussion to the group and it turned out a lot of them were feeling the same way but were afraid to say something for whatever reason they didn't want to be kind of the person speaking out but we all talked about it. we worked on a few different things and we found something that we all felt that worked then so like 
the discussion is always there. Like, you know, it, it's a team. So just because I'm the head coach doesn't mean everything that I say goes. Like, I can be wrong too. We've told the girls that any issues that they have about anything, they are more than welcome to come to us privately or in front of everyone. We'll have the discussion. It's a learning curve for everyone. And they need to be happy when they're playing too. If they don't feel like something's working, that's going to make like game day is stressful for them. They're not going to perform at their best level if they're feeling under pressure for reasons outside of their control. Like, So we try and make sure that everyone has an input in what happens. And obviously to a certain extent, like you can't just let them, whatever idea they throw out there is obviously not going to be, oh yeah, we'll do that, we'll do this. But we'll open the discussion. And if it's a reason and a good enough reason to make a change, then we'll work on it. It takes a lot for a 16-year-old, some even 15, to actually have the guts to come out and actually say, I don't think something's working. Yeah, 100%. And like that, we'd never put any of them in a position where they felt that they couldn't come to us. If someone came with an idea that was absolutely ridiculous and we thought it'd never work, we wouldn't ever say it that way or put anyone down in front of anyone. We'd still have the discussion and we'd come to a conclusion together rather than someone being told they're wrong. Talk to me a little bit about that bonding session. I've seen some pictures on social media using face masks as, as eye covers. It looked like they had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. no, the girls, they did. They had a lot of fun. So I think with the girls all coming from different places, different teams and stuff like that, we came in, we were kind of starting to bond. Then with the lockdown, like, you know, girls had kind of made friends with, say, one or two more so than they did with the other. So during the lockdown, they kind of kept in contact with each other and not necessarily in contact with everybody else to the same extent. So when we came back in, we kind of noticed that there was a couple of groups rather than a team. And then we could see it on the pitch as well, where communication was lacking an awful lot for us. And no matter how much we tried to work on that in training sessions and like during training sessions, it just, it wasn't helping at all. Like we, we weren't getting, making any progress with it. So we said with the weekend off this week, we bring them in and we just done a couple of different activities, which meant they had to speak to each other. And we just kept splitting them up so that they weren't anywhere near someone that we know that they'd communicate with. So we put them kind of in, into groups that they wouldn't usually be in. And then for the last 20 minutes of the team bonding session, we just played like a 9v9 in the Astro and the talking that spilled over into the game was, it was phenomenal. Like to see the big difference that was made just in the space of a couple of hours. That even, that can have a massive impact even on the pitch as well. Like, you know, in terms of going forward, because you're back in league action again this week. I'd say it was nice just to get them a couple of back matches played. You know, the back match when the games are called off, it's nice just that you're not having games lingering over, that you got the, the game played early. Because we see with the Women's National League, there's still some lingering back matches. They took advantage of the free weeks, and it's just, good to, it's just good to be playing football. You're on the road again this week. You're away to Bohemians in the Oscar Trainer. If I'm not mistaken, 5 o'clock on Saturday? Yeah. It's another, yeah, another, it's another, it's another game. They've, they got a draw against, against the other ways. They were just beaten by Treaty United. You know, a tough game for you? I think... Like, going into the game now, we're treating everything like a tough game. I know Bowes and I know Treaty are, are new sides as well, and they're new to the league too. But I think with the likes of Treaty, they may or may not have had girls that they've had before. Like, the coaching staff is from Limerick when they were there. And with Bowes, they have a girl set up in the club already with girls coming through the MGL. Like, so there is a lot of girls there that may have played together. And I feel like with the girls coming from everywhere, we literally came in and started from scratch bringing girls together and sometimes it just takes a little bit longer to gel together so we're, we're treating every game as a tough game and we're putting in the hard work we're not going up the balls expecting anything but we're not going to go down 
and just lie down and take it either, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, it's it's a sort of league that, like, you look even, like, Bowes last year, you look at the Bowes who were in the league last year to this year, there's so many different players, so many different players, so many of them have made the step to the senior team. Even you look at other teams like Treaty as well, several players who would have played there last year are now in the senior team. Cork as well. So, like, it's it really is a development of the league and it's it's not necessarily about getting a result every week. It's more about how you can improve your player and bring your player onto the next level. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. Like, like I said, like against against Street United, our first half performance and our second half performance, it was like looking at two completely different games. Even looking back on the video, the difference between the two halves is it's staggering to, to think that just one or two little tweaks could make such a big difference. So we're hoping now that with the girls seeing how the changes worked against Treaty and we're going to go in now against Bowles and we're going to work the way we did in the second half and hope that they're going to believe in that system now and be a bit more confident and push themselves a bit more. Do you just need a run of games, a run of st- steady games just to actually improve? I think the week off might have done us a bit of good because when we were in Sunday, we got to have a chat and we got to reflect on the games, which we haven't really had a chance to do. Now that we're training in Carlo, like in the all-weathers, we're arriving, we're straight out onto the pitch and we've got a limited time because it's, it, we're, we're using club facilities that we're in and we're getting onto the pitch as quick as we can while the other teams are leaving and then we have to get off as soon as we're done. So we're not really having a chance to go through kind of the same stuff that we, we would have had when we were training in Kilkenny when we had the meeting room there. We could go in, we could look at videos, we could discuss games. So it's now it's just sending them the footage and getting them to fill in kind of post-game reflection forms. And we're doing it kind of virtually reflecting rather than, than face-to-face. But getting to have a chat on Sunday and having like enough time to sit down and just discuss the games, how we felt about them, what we thought about the upcoming games. I think the week off really did us the world of good. You just mentioned something there that I'm very interested to pick in a little bit more. So the virtual, the virtual forms and stuff like that. So that's basically just sending players clips and asking for their opinions. How would you then formulate, say, a response to that? Because obviously every player is going to give a difference. Is that a little bit harder because you don't have the opportunity to maybe, as you say, have a conversation about it? So what we're doing at the moment is it's literally just a Google form and I send out the link to the girls and they fill it in and they're asked how they think the team played in defence and attack how their particular unit played in defence and attack and how they as a player played in defence and attack. And then just to give a couple of points on why they thought that and a couple of points on what they think they could do to improve on that for all three. Over the last three games, most of the stuff that they have been saying has been fairly similar. Bar the individual things, like as an individual player, like they've all been different. But we've been focusing on like the team stuff because we're still in that very early stage of building the team so we're looking at kind of the team as a whole and what they think are the issues and what they think we need to work on and we're trying to incorporate what everyone the feedback that everyone's given us and trying to work on that because if they can see that we're addressing the, the issues that they feel that they're having it might make them more confident as well and how's the response been to doing something like this? Yeah, they've all been very good. Like, you know, we, we do have quite a young team. Like, we have a couple of girls that we brought in recently that we signed in the transfer window that were due to play Gainer this year. And even their response to it, like, just getting stuck in. And some of them are, they're, they're way more honest than I thought they'd be. That's an interesting point. I wouldn't have thought, I would have thought some of them might shy away and just 
maybe you want to give you what you want to hear? No, definitely. A lot of them, like with the girls we have, we're, we're very lucky that like at halftime or at full time, like, you know, as you said, we've lost our first three games. Like we don't need to tell them where they've gone wrong. They can see it themselves and they're able to make the points themselves before we have to say anything about what's gone wrong, where the goals that we've conceded have come from and what silly mistakes we're making. And they know themselves that when it comes down to it, a lot of it is just silly mistakes that are being made. And they know, like they see it straight away and they're able to point it out and they have no problem in putting their hand up and saying, yeah, that was my fault or yeah, I should have done this. And it's great to actually work with a group of girls that can be that honest because I don't think it happens very often. Is that, is that a case of wanting to impress you or a case of they're just their eagerness to learn? A lot of them, like, they just want to get better. They they just love football and they don't want under-17s to be the, the end of it for them. Like, you know, they know it's going to be hard going from under-17s and especially with us because as a club, we've only got 17s girls at the minute. So the girls that are the older girls this year will obviously be probably looking for an, a women's National League team to sign them next year. So they're trying to get as much out of this year as they possibly can and improve as much as they can. So they know that if they're not honest with themselves and with us, we can't help them and they can't help themselves either. That's great to see. Just before we do finish, I want to just have a little bit of a chat about the, the weekend. Obviously, Ireland were away in Germany at the weekend. A 3-0 tr- loss against Germany. 3-0 down at halftime. Probably could have been a lot worse. What did you make of the game? Definitely, definitely could have been a lot worse. I think they were very organised. Like watching, like like as in Ireland, like the 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 block that they played, like they they all knew their jobs very well and seeing them play like that compared to the last couple of games, like they had, it's been nice to watch the attack in football, but it's good to see that when we need to do something like, you know, it's about results now that they can switch on and we can play different styles and we can adapt and being able to adapt like that just means that going forward, it it's going to help us be more successful. Just in terms of in terms of the actual game itself, while while they didn't, while some of the goals probably could have been preventable, the fact that we didn't concede any more in the second half has to be looked at as a as a bit of a positive. If the Germans took their foot off the gas, they took their foot off the gas, but we still didn't concede any in the second half, which has to be very positive. No, you could see in the second half the Germans were really really pushing to get that fourth goal. They wanted like the the closest victory, or the the highest, the lowest they'd scored was seven in a game or something before that. Like they, they wanted to continue with that run. They didn't want to only come in and score three against us. And I'd say they felt like they could have scored seven or eight against us. But they, you could see they were really pushing for it. And to stay that organised for the 90 minutes because they had to have been exhausted. There was a lot of kind of tankless running jobs there just to cover space that probably didn't really even amount to anything. But to stay disciplined and keep doing that and deny them the fourth goal is, is a big deal. Obviously, as this podcast goes out on Tuesday evening, a massive game is on in the group. Ukraine are playing Greece tonight. I'd settle for a draw right now because it'd make the, the task in Greece and Ukraine a lot easier next month. But you go to Ukraine now, that's a must-win game. I think on the back of the German performance, the fact that we didn't ship seven or eight, you can go to that Ukraine game with a little bit of confidence. Definitely. Like the, the first goal, it came an awful lot earlier than what they would have expected. But they reacted really, really well, to it, especially coming out in the second half and knowing that they can put in that work and keep someone like Germany kind of quiet in the second half shows that they're, they're capable of doing anything in Ukraine. Absolutely. Totally, totally hope, totally agree. And I hope the girls still got the three points in Ukraine because it'd be, 
the league the league over here is waiting on a breakout moment and us qualifying potentially qualifying for a major tournament across the water in the UK will be what this league needs especially qualifying for a tournament with with players from this league involved in the squad would be a huge boost for the league yeah no I, I totally agree with Gemma I won't keep you much longer today uh, thank you very much for joining us and we look forward to catching you again soon lovely thanks for having me this is the first time we featured an under-17s player or coach in a podcast and Gemma came across really well. It's a project definitely that I'll be keeping a close eye on. You wish Carlo Kilkenny the very best of luck. We might even get to watch a bit of game the weekend against Bohemians. Football can be a cruel sport at times and it's never nice to see a team go out with a cup on penalties. But now we'll hear from the joyous Pat Rehi of Bohemians and a disappointed Tommy Ewa who said aside left it all on the pitch. I'm joined by Bohemians assistant manager Pat Rehi. Pat, first win for Boas. Went all the way to extra time on penalties. Your girl's done the, done the job from the spot. You didn't miss a penalty. Talk to me about it. It was a real cup atmosphere, a real cup game, wasn't it? It was, in fact, it, was a, it was a very exciting game. It was a great game for the news to watch. It wasn't great for us because the nerves and the, watching the, it's a cup game. Uh, I, I, I think we deserved it. We shaded it in the end. Yet again, both goalkeepers again were, were excellent. Um, I think the, cha- the difference with Rebecca Cray and Amory, uh, Brian came on, made a big difference. But it's a great feeling to get our first win. I know it's in the cup and all that, but uh, the girls are delighted. We're delighted. You celebrated as if it meant a lot to the players. They celebrated, you know, because it, it's important for them. They haven't got that milestone so far. You've seen the amount of league games you played. You picked up a point last week to get the first win. It's it's, it's a monkey off the back. Yeah, exactly, Aaron. It's, that, 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 uh, that devil is gone. But um, I'm delighted for the girls because they put so much effort in on week in, week out. You know, people are very negative about the team, the club, and, you know, not the club itself, but, you know, what's going into the league. And uh, they, they work so hard pre-season. We had the lockdown and then we came back into it again. And I'm just so happy for the girls. It's not about us. It's, it's about the girls and the, the club. Um, I couldn't be more happy. I'm delighted. You started okay in the game. Obviously, Chloe Derby had your, your main real chance in the first half and she hit the crossbar. Unlucky not to see the, the, the rebound go in off when it bounced down. But... You then go in behind just before the break. Soft penalty in my eyes. It's it's one of these. The hands are down by the side. If if the hand is up, I say yeah, give it. But it wasn't. And from your view, what was your view of the penalty decision? Uh, for, the, for the start, I, I don't. I think we started really slow. I thought I don't know we're the better, in the, better side in the first 10, 15 minutes. In fairness to them, we took a while to get into it. Um, I don't think it was a penalty. Uh, I think he's a very good referee. Um, I don't think it was. I think the ball hit the ground. But Sinead told me that the hand, hand was down beside her side, and that's the case. It shouldn't have been a penalty. But listen, she gave, Vicky gave the penalty in that sort of decision. She's the referee. Uh, we came back into the game and we got a draw uh, after a full time and after extra time. So this is football. Right? No grievance against the referee at all of the decision a word on Sophie Water strike myself and yourself speak quite regularly off the record and you're always very protective of her you're always very you know of Sophie but to see a strike like that tonight yeah this, this, the story behind Sophie is like I was obviously working with Sophie before um, at Shelbourne uh, she's a great girl travels a lot from Dundalk um, when I rang Sophie I, I asked Sophie to come back back into the league she was a bit apprehensive over her, her ACL and said listen my fear is doing the ACL again and I said listen I protect you with the club protect you Sean we've got great people around the place and she said Bob this is if this goes against my last uh, time playing football and I don't want to be responsible for that um, and I don't know Sophie would never blame me if that happened but that's why I'm so protective of her because I, I just I think she's a great girl and was a wonderful striker because they're worldly and it's great to have her on, on film as well but uh, that's the reason why I'm so protective well, like, of her but like considering she, she had the knock she went off she, she missed a couple of games and just to see her come back she really added a lot to your team tonight as well yeah I suppose when she got the knock that time it was kind of one of those things she, she, we spoke with this before that she thought her ACL was gone again which it wasn't obviously um, and uh, at the end of the day pain is pain 
pain. So she felt pain, and she, it was it was no different than the ACL. And she thought it was gone. And uh, Vincent Fitzpatrick, her physio, was, was excellent. He basically told her on the night in Tulka Park that your ACL isn't gone. So then we thought it was her meniscus, but it wasn't. Uh, she got a scan, and she's all good, and she's good to go now. She's flying. Uh, I'm, really, I'm delighted for her. She's such a good girl, lovely girl. You've had two good results on the bounce, but now you're looking at a week off before you play your last game at the, the first phase, where you actually play at loan again. Must be it must be a little bit disappointing you don't have the game next week. Yeah, I suppose we I mean, you got a bit of a run. And I know a run for us. Yeah, it's a win. It's a draw and a win. Yeah, we're listening. To, we're at this point, there's no game next week. But uh, it might give us time to get a few players. You know, back. Yeah, players are not injured. They're just tired now. And, Rebecca's on there, and Rebecca, you know, done brilliant for us. You know, helping to go from Amory. They work with her and Amory down on the south. Yeah, listen. At the end of the day, um, you know, it, it, it's good to have a break as well. Sometimes it's not a big deal. You know, I'm happy enough with the break and lose the world of good. Just a final thing on you said, Rebecca. The likes of Rebecca Amory hadn't played in a while. The players, some of the players who haven't played in a while, put in a massive shift tonight. You look at Sophie Waters played 100, 110 minutes. Rebecca, Rebecca Cray played 65 minutes. Amory Bourne played 65 minutes. Yeah, and in fairness, they, it, it, like, it wasn't a long ago they were injured. We thought we were going to we thought we were going to lose them for the season, but obviously we didn't. Yeah, listen, Rebecca's a very clever, a very clever player, and you've seen that tonight. You know the way she 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 holds the ball up, she little spin off passes. Uh, you know, Amory was excellent. She come on, Amory's a very aggressive player. You know, she's only 18 years of age. Um, delighted for Amory because she's she's. A tough player she's a lovely girl and uh, you know, I can't complain none of us can complain we've got to win and roll on Cork on the third I look forward to talking to you again soon thanks Aaron cheers I'm joined by Athlone Town Manager Tommy Ewa Tommy you go out of the cup after extra time one all draw you can't really fault the performance of girls put in tonight ah no look when it goes to penalties it's a lottery but in fairness to the girls put in a good effort a typical cup game I suppose we scored early and then both scored a cracking goal and it looked like we got on top then and in extra time then both teams were tired and it looked like it was just always going to go to penalties and you know yourself when it goes to penalties it's a lottery isn't it that's basically it I'm disappointed but we'll march on like even in particular you probably started the game a little bit better than Bowes and then they come into it and then the first half they got the penalty laid on but even Kelly Brandon she took the penalty superb yeah in fairness to Kelly like I mean, when she's come up to take that penalty there uh, you put your house on her to score but she, look, she's a young player and that'll happen to her over you know over her career but how she reacts now and um, when you look at the game as a whole I felt that we didn't we didn't impose ourselves enough on Bose you've seen us playing a couple of times um, in fairness to Bose we always know, knew it was going to be difficult they were going to sit in there's some very very good players um, but look that's happened we're just disappointed but I said to the girls there, if there's one positive if you look at it and I suppose from Bose as well we didn't lose the match we lost on penalties so for both teams I suppose it, you know if it's a league match, you're taking a point out of it. But obviously it's not, it's a cup match. There's a battle, like considering the battle your side had tonight, obviously that's going to stand for them as well because you're, you're so inexperienced at this level, so many players, and you know, both are inexperienced as well, but both sides really rose the occasion in terms of, you know, it's a cup game, everybody got behind it, and you build a lot from that. Yeah, look, as I said, a typical cup game, you know, there was a lot of battling, not much football played, if I'm honest, from us anyway, and probably not from Bowes, if, if you're talking to Sean, Sean will say the same as well, because in cup games everybody's afraid to make mistakes and there is that tension and there is that you know win your battle kind of thing first and we'll try and score then and yeah look you're right Aaron it will stand to the girls hopefully you know they'll, they'll learn from it they'll push on um, but look we're just disappointed as a, that, you know a good chance to get to a quarter final of, of an FEI Cup but best of luck to Bowes in the next in the next round Does having a game here next Saturday night against DLR Waves is that a positive? Because that gives you a chance to bounce back straight away. Because 
you, you've seen like tonight you, you didn't get the result but you got a result against against Treaty plus the, your playing sides that are running around you you know you're competitive in games like this the only real game that you haven't been overly competitive is when P-Mount clicked against you up in, in Greenock but other than that you've been very competitive in all your games yeah well, look in fairness you said it there yourself like, but when you look after the P-Mount game we played Treaty here and we got a terrific result girls made history that night first you know at long team National League, women's National League team to get a result um, I've no doubt come next Saturday against the Earl Waves that we'll uh, we'll bounce back with a with a good performance. It's going to be another tough game because you said they're in around us as well, but we'll get back in Tuesday night, get the girls focused, um, and and we'll go. Yeah, we'll go for we'll go for Tuesday night, Aaron. Yeah. Tommy, thanks for joining. Look forward to catching you soon. Yeah, thanks a million, Aaron. For a full weekend of fixtures this weekend in both the Women's National League and the Under-17s League. In the Women's National League on Saturday at 2pm in Talca Park, Shelburne host P-Mount United. At 6pm in Amy DC Park, Galway host 3D United. At 6.30 in Ferrycarrick Park, Wexford Youth host Cork City. At 7pm in Athlone Town Stadium, Athlone Town host DLR Waves. In the Under-17s League Group 1, Athlone Town host Sligo Rovers on Saturday afternoon. P-Mount United host Donegal League also on Saturday in Group 2. Both games also played on Saturday. Treaty United host DLR Waves and Bohemians host Carlo Kilkenny. In Group 3 on Saturday, Greystones United host Shelburne, while on Sunday, Cork City host Bray Wanderers. That's all we'll have time for, folks. We'll be back again soon in another episode. Thanks for joining us.